hello and welcome to episode number 413 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. In this week's show, EasyJet has to hit Control-Alt-Delete three times, one crew member has a few bevies on board, and one airline is turning to using Lego aircraft. In the military news this week, grey aircraft fly around and make lots of noise, and Top Gun is finally released, and I loved it. Joining me this week, uh, <laughs> I was so going to read that out, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Joining me this week across so you, the you village have from me notes to me for some reason, I don't know what. <laughs> refresh your notes, Matt. Refresh no, I don't your want notes. To. I'm scared. Yeah. Joining me this week, uh, Matt Smith <laughs> over in the PTUK studios. Hello. You're a bit distracted. What's going on? I'm concerned. I, the thing of it is, I read that intro, but I, I was then about to read it, and I thought, oh, no, 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 don't read that. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Well, what did you nearly say? I'm scared. Well, you'll have to refresh your show notes. Oh, okay. Be All right. Yes. Anyway, hello. Yes, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Oh, just um, absolutely fine. Fantastic. Still still trying to get rid of the... Um, the scars in my memory of seeing you drunk last weekend at the barbecue. Oh, come um, on. I wasn't that bad. Honestly, you was, just should have seen him, I was, guys. I was well behaved. He was waffling I was. on about Airbus and Boeing. You, I just couldn't shut him up. Um, it's terrible. It's amazing what drink will do Very to different barbecue to the one I remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, joining us as well this week, all across the other side of the UK in sunny, glorious countryside of Buckinghamshire is of course wearing his uniform Mr Neville Bounds. It is sunny as well very nice bit windy today but uh, no very nice and uh, very pleasant over here I must say so uh, no had a good week a uh, bit of flying Stockholm and back on Monday and Tuesday and uh, I'd like to say that uh, all the passengers on the BA 776 and 783 respectively all behave themselves, which makes a change from the previous week. So um, that's that's good. Let's hope it bodes well for next week's flying. Yeah, safe to say, Neb. It's been a it's been a funny old week in the world of uh, travel with the airline for well for a few airlines this week. It's safe to say. Yes, there's a, a lot happening this week isn't there mm, um, there is so a lot we'll talk happening. about that very shortly I'm we sure. will we will yeah. uh but uh just quickly i i did go and see top gun on uh, wednesday this week when it was released here in the uk i didn't go at one minute past midnight unlike some people Rubbish. i do know who did go and see it at one minute mm. past midnight but I did go and see Top Gun in uh, the IMAX cinema at the Odin. I have to say, apart from the only way to see it has got to be IMAX, it is an awesome film. I'm not going to say anything about what happens because it'll just ruin it for the people who haven't seen it yet. But it's safe, safe to say it was so good, I will be going back to see it a second time because it was very, very good indeed. Because sometimes, you've got, you, you, sometimes when they do sequels to very popular, very well or well-made and brilliant films. Sometimes the sequels can be a bit meh, but uh, they've done really well with this. It's, it's been well worth the wait, anyway, to see uh, to see Top Gun. So um, if you haven't seen it yet, book your tickets, go and see it, because uh, you will thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, I and, must uh, admit, I'm looking forward to doing it. I mean, are you able to give us any teasers at all? Is there anything we need to watch out for that was award-winning, fabulous, all of the above? <sighs> All I'm, I will say one thing: they've 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 thought of the story. They thought the story along very very well indeed. What they've done with the storyline, and they have also 
incorporated a lot of the tunes and the backing, the um, soundtracks from the original film. You know, the original Top Gun film, when it opens, the original Top Gun film has that, that epic that music i forget the name of there the actual top gun theme music at the start that's it that's the one matt well done um <laughs> i won't play any they, more than that before we get told off and, yeah. and exactly <laughs> and they they use that again at the beginning of, the, of this film and it, it honestly the hairs on the when that music cut in oh, man so good yeah, so absolutely. It, it, is, it is that, isn't it? It's that. It's that note, isn't it? There you go. We'll have it one more yeah. time. Look, you just get that. Oh, yeah, you know, exactly that. It's, uh, name that tune in one note. Yeah. Also, it's, <laughs> it's worth noting as well that um, if for those of you who uh, look on the world of YouTube every now and again, you'll know that um, Tom Cruise and uh, James Corden they had a video released of uh, James Corden going up. Uh, in a P fifty one Mustang with uh, with Tom Cruise, and it's well worth a watch as well because it's very entertaining indeed. And that aircraft he flew is actually um, owned by him and is in the film itself as well. Oh wow! So, okay, yeah, it's worth is watching. there any commercial aviation in in this film? <laughs> um, no, right, no, nobody gets on a you know an A three nineteen or something like that. Oh, top 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 Gun tomorrow afternoon. Can't wait. Jenny in Rome says. But but there is there is the yeah. obligatory beach volleyball scene. Oh good! Oh, um, I am in this film. Uh, Mazus uh, is saying that Top Gun yesterday fantastic. So that's obviously gone down well. Yeah. Loving this. Yes. It, it, to put it this way: the cinema it was felt sold out. There was oh, one seat available in on Wednesday when I went. Yeah. One seat. Not at all surprised. Not um, at all so surprised. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. So. Uh, indeed, yes. Uh, we're going to. Uh, j- sorry, John's gone very loud all of a sudden. So we, yes, we, we have a video from yeah. uh, from Armando, don't we? We do indeed. Well, it, well, me, me and Armando. Uh, to be you fair. and Armando. Yeah, what absolutely. have you been? What have you been doing with Armando this week, uh, Mr. Smith? Well, should we watch the video together and find yeah, out? Yes, put it on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. this, this is the natural face. I'm afraid. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're recording. Hi, Matt. Hi. You're right. Look at us. We're in the same spot. I know, this is yeah. very exciting. This is not a green screen, it's not a special effect or anything. No. Have you been? Yeah, good, yeah, yeah, good. So I, I um, came up uh, first thing this morning, so somebody's been here for a couple of days. A couple of days, Matt picked me up from the airport. Um, wait, is this a good time to talk about that experience? Yeah, should we do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about it a couple couple weeks now on the show. I, so I booked tickets on Play. Play, yeah. Uh, it was interesting. <laughs> it was, it was exactly what I think we all expected. <laughs> it was like the Ryanair of it was like, definitely the <laughs> Ryanair of the transatlantic, and I think, um, you know, I guess to use their name compared to Norwegian, Norwegian was a high-end low cost. This was uh, an as expected low cost. <laughs> Uh, so, so and in fact, at this point, I, I'm going to pop up a photograph of uh, the, the first. It was two legs, wasn't it? It was, it was two legs. And the first, which uh, is all you can fit. Yeah, well, I suppose. Yeah, literally, <laughs> barely. That's this is the thing. So I'm, I'm popping up a picture now of the first picture that Armando sent me, which was of the leg room, shall we say, on that first was, sector. Uh, <laughs> it was atrocious. So I, 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 I don't know that we could have planned it any better for an experience because I, I showed up to Baltimore, so I. I booked a ticket on with just miles on good old American Airlines to Baltimore and um, and I believe Baltimore to Stansted was this, this company's inaugural transatlantic route so they've been doing this since the beginning 
But when I showed up, there was nobody there. There was no gate agents. There was no security. No, nothing. Am I at the right airport? What? Yeah. Uh, departure time was scheduled for 7 p.m. I don't think anybody showed up till 6.45 p.m. Um, and it was a third party. It certainly wasn't play employees. But, um, so like a sort of Swiss sport sort of thing? Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Menzies. And, uh, yeah, so I, I mean... This is not the airline's fault whatsoever, but it was just packed, jam-packed, um, full, full airplane. I only had the personal item. That's all I... So I've... So you, you, you guys are chat room and our viewers and our listeners. You're propped up on my backpack, which is all I yep. brought for the in, entire it's, trip. It's not It's not much bigger than the actual iPhone that we're using to record this. Right. <laughs> right. It had to fit under the seat. Yeah. Um, but I was all the way in the back of the airplane, like Matt showed in the picture there that it's uh, my I'm five foot nine and my knees were up against um, <laughs> so no IFE no outlets <clears throat> the second airplane did have outlets oh did it um, it okay. did underneath a little bit hidden but uh, no amenities whatsoever and and kind of the Ryanair model uh, 10 euros for a water and a bag of crisps and, wow um, but, you, but you know that so I there I also had some Starbucks with me from the airport and they had no issue with me bringing my own food up obviously so I kind of was prepared for the flight so what was the actual aircraft uh, A321 okay um, and that, was that on both sectors and then the A320 yeah. to Stansted now this all being said so we left an hour late and got to Reykjavik or Keflavik and complete non-issue I got out of the airplane I thought you know oh man I'm going to miss my flight Matt's going to be waiting at Stansted the, the whole deal uh, turned out that was actually the same airplane that I was continuing on to Stansted and the connection for anybody that's been through Keflavik the connection there is so easy is it? yeah because there's no passport control there's no border there's no border oh, control it's a transfer isn't it rather than a, than a fresh flight exactly like. so so you literally just get out of the airplane look through your gate and there's only about six gates um, and you just get on to your next airplane. Now, the second flight, I had, I had an exit row. I had the whole road to myself, lots of leg room, um, and incredibly comfortable flight, uneventful. So, so I guess, well, Matt's about to take me back to Stansted, so this is half the journey. But what I'll recommend to anybody that's listening or planning to use, to use Play or any of these airlines is... Um, so you you can book priority boarding if you get if if you pay for a carry on right right so carry on and what was bag, that price was forty six U S dollars so about thirty something pounds okay um, but that does get you priority boarding and then uh, just spend the extra money for yeah. an exit row <laughs> uh, if you sit in the exit row it makes a, a huge difference and it's actually enjoyable I mean, gen genuinely I mean like as I say the photo that we were talking about earlier and I was just thinking like I, I literally wouldn't have been able to get my knees behind no, I don't think the, so. the, the, the seat that's got nothing to do with my size or anything like that it's just, just, just literally the length of my height, legs yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean that that's the only bit that worries me about some of these like yeah. uh, these low cost models and stuff Valid worry, <laughs> valid concern, sir. Yeah. Uh, I did call. Uh, what? Well, actually, that's another thing. There's no call. You cannot call them. There's no number to call for customer service. You either have to reach out to them through Facebook, through uh, direct message on Instagram, or through their email address um, or WhatsApp. So I decided to WhatsApp them and and request uh, exit row seats for the entire flight back. 
uh, both both uh, segments on the way back to Baltimore. So, which is probably why I can't check in. On them. <laughs> and how was the? I mean, what, what was the response time like? I mean, did you get anything back from them? And almost immediate. Really? Almost immediate okay. on WhatsApp. So customer service was on point. Okay. Um, and you just text the number, you text them your reservation number, yeah. and they get, they get right so, back to you. So you couldn't ring them, but it didn't really matter in some respects. No. You get, it's like sort of live chat, I suppose, that's sort of, Yeah, that's well, sort pretty of much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So stay tuned for the second half. I'm I'm all happy and chipper now. Uh, <laughs> we just had breakfast. All is well. Yeah, we had, we had coffee. We're we're here. It's a beautiful day in Cambridge. Yep. Um, I couldn't ask for a prettier day. Yeah. So just here's fingers crossed for a a nice trip. Right. Back and are we allowed to talk about why you were here, or is that? What oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So so you were here for an event. Yeah. Right. So it's literally a whistle stop tour. That's why it sort of all happened in a couple of days. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Whistle stop. <laughs> uh, no, one of my best friends was also retiring from the U.S. Air Force. Um, he's been stationed here at Mildenhall, uh, RAF Mildenhall, for three years. He actually replaced me, and uh, very unique opportunity to have his retirement ceremony. At Cambridge University, oh wow! Um, at which he was a student. Um, so he just graduated from from Cambridge, while studying while being active duty in the Air Force and Special Operations. Um, so this was his, his retirement, where people flew in from all over the world, family, friends. Um, very unique. I mean, our listeners know how I feel about about the UK and and my love for the UK and, and living over here and. Um, he was no different. He had a lot of uh, his British friends and his cohort from from school. So it was a great opportunity for us as American airmen to highlight some of our traditions, our history, uh, and, and really highlight his career to his friends and family, uh, culmination of 20 years of service. It was really interesting. I, I, I spoke with a uh, RAF retired group captain and he said that really the British forces don't have this kind of retirement really? ceremony yeah okay um, which which for me kind of surprised me because obviously one of the things that we are well known for and I, I think you'll agree with this is like uh, memorial or like remembering if you absolutely. see what I mean so it, it sort of surprises me a bit that like retirement isn't celebrated in a in a greater way perhaps here. yeah you and me both I was really surprised and and even he we got emotional during the ceremony as we were talking about the families and, and some of the accomplishments. But yeah, that also surprised me because yeah. I've always thought that that in the UK you're um, great at, at remembering and pop and circumstance and <laughs> ceremonies. You know how to do uniforms with frills and things like that. But um, uh, sounds like an Airbus. Was um, it? Yeah. Well, that's a Dornier 328. Such a geek. <laughs> Anyways, so it was a great ceremony, and that's what I was here, and, and literally flew in Wednesday. Matt picked me up. It's Friday. Sorry, I won't be on the show today. Um, also, <laughs> a reasonable excuse, yes. Yeah, yeah. And also apologies to Jonathan Warner, because uh, we're not going to have a military segment today. <gasps> yeah, it was just kind of a slow week, and, and um, obviously, you know, our, our thoughts are always with folks in Ukraine and the conflict going on there, um, but we also don't want to just continuously talk about yep. you know aircraft getting shut down and what's going on over there um, not that it's not important but you know, to be fair Jonathan's got problems with his laptop at the moment and like weird colours and stuff on his screen so, <laughs> so he's got other things to worry about he's probably not even watching to be fair this week he's too busy trying to sort that out but, oh I'm uh, sure he's down at the local pub with, <laughs> you, with us on YouTube right yeah, now yeah, and, absolutely. and everybody's complaining because there's some 
football match, so not watching. Oh. Anyway, so apologies that we're not doing a military segment today, but it's just always awesome to see each other. And, yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen yeah, very often, really but it's happened happen. twice yeah. in, in this spring. In as many so. days, yeah, absolutely, which yeah. is great. But, uh, yeah, so we're now back off to Stance to get you yeah. home, as it were, and... Uh, yeah, I think that's a, a good place to uh, say a very good uh, a good evening, good night, good day, whatever time of day yeah. it is that you're watching this. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, say goodbye, Armando. Bye, Armando. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Bye, everybody. See you next week. <laughs> There we go. Yeah. So I, as I say, I was very lucky. I got to catch up with uh, Armando uh, first thing this morning. So apologies if I nod off in the middle of the show. Uh, I was in Cambridge at half past seven this morning. So it's, uh, I'm quite tired, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> it's nice, nice to see Armando. He's um, he's nearly he's nearly getting as bad as uh, Doctor Steph with uh, you know little flights here and there and everywhere at the drop of a hat kind of thing oh uh, now now nev's raised a good point in the chat room they said i'm waiting to hear how the uh the uh, the good caviar and B- uh, bollinger were now i have to say that on the actual aircraft i, I think the the options were uh i think the word we're looking for is uh Blue lim- limited <laughs> i think is yeah. is the word we're looking for however nev while he was in the airport um this was in in Reykjavik. there was uh, a very nice uh there's very nice little uh munch uh, that was thrown out there, which I think is was that is that a little bit of smoked salmon on a nice sort of like rocket on a leaf rocket bed and all that kind of yes. thing. I think that looks quite dim. Is it? Oh right, <laughs> um, I'm <laughs> seeing <laughs> cardboard cutlery as well. I thought thought we'd gone past that. Yeah, that actually, like you say that my, my my cutlery was cardboard today when I when I had something to eat at the services on my way home. So <laughs> Lee, Lee Davies in the chat yeah. says it looks like seaweed. Seaweed, right? <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Anyway, probably uh, tastes okay. better. Anyway, uh, moving swiftly on, uh, <laughs> we're going to say uh, hello to everyone oh, who has joined us in the YouTube chat this evening. Uh, we're going to say, let's see, who Sue's in there this week? We've got Lee Davies. Lee Davies has been in there about three hours. He was uh, in there quite early tonight. So, hello to you, Lee. Uh, Richard Adams, uh, Mazus Scream. Hello to you, Mazus. Hope you are having a good night as well. GB's Model Zone. Hello to you, Jenny, over in Rome. Uh, Dirk S is also in, uh, having a big debate on the on the uh, height um, of of each other and whether they'd fit in those seats on play.com, uh, the airline. Um, who else have we got? We've got main man Micah, also wielding a blue spanner of doom to uh, get rid of all those bots that'll probably be in later on after the pubs kick out. Yes, yes. And who else we got? Scrolling down to make sure I don't miss anyone. And all oh, Plain Talking UK podcast is also in there, which is quite interesting. He, um, must be must be busy. <laughs> Uh, so don't forget, if you are listening to us as an audio podcast and you want to join us in the YouTube world and see all the joy that is the audio or visual stuff that uh, Matt pops up on the screen, don't forget to go over to YouTube and look for us playing Talking UK. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and the bell icon right next door to be notified when we are live and recording the show as we are right now, because we'd love to have you in the chat room with all our other family members. So we've got lots of news to get through tonight on the show, and uh, we're going to start off with some commercial news. So if all the team are ready, Certainly yes, are. Yes, yes. let's go. The captain has turned on the seatbelt light. Please take your seats and fasten your seatbelts.
just for a change this week, Nev, you've got some uh, breaking aviation. Yeah. How about this? In the last hour, we've been uh, informed uh, by the independent.co.uk about the Dutch airline KLM, which has paused its ticket sales for flights from Amsterdam Schiphol Airport between now and Monday due to the airport's ongoing crowding issues caused by staff shortages. KLM is putting a break on ticket sales for flights leaving up until and including Sunday because Schiphol can't get its security problems fixed, said an Air France KLM spokesman, uh, Jerry Brand. Uh, The cap on new flight sales from Friday to Sunday is to enable airline staff to accommodate the passengers who have missed flights in recent days on alternative departures. The restrictions, however, do not apply to premium booking the airline staff said. Queues at Amsterdam's uh, air travel hub, the second largest in the European Union, have stretched for hours in recent weeks with airport management blaming severe staff shortages for the problems. Uh, On Monday alone, uh, more than 500 flights were delayed from Schiphol whilst over 50 were cancelled. Some customers on social media reported waiting six hours to clear security on Tuesday. The city's international airport is KLM's main hub and the airline has the largest presence there. Trade unions representing workers at Schiphol are now threatening strike action on the 1st of June, saying something has to change before staff's health and safety is affected by the stressful situation. Uh, The airport's management company, Royal Schiphol Group NV, has said separately that it has uh, an action plan to recruit more staff and optimise passenger flow in order to reduce queue times. Uh, KLM has said that we know that travelling via Schiphol can be challenging right now. Please know that we're working hard on a solution thank you for your trust patience and cooperation oh dear yes um i kind of thought this might happen because the the throughput of people going through the airport was just horrific in fact a colleague of mine is going to be flying through uh skipole on monday to meet me in edinburgh so we'll see if he gets there on time. <laughs> that could be interesting, couldn't it? Um, but uh, yeah, the fact that they're having to stop ticket sales, um, unless you're paying the, the full whack for your ticket price, um, is uh, is quite extreme, isn't it? Just for them to catch up on, on the backlog. Horrific. Yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot of things going on in, around Europe and especially the UK at the minute with airports and everywhere. There's um, scenes of chaos and passengers queuing and fights and oh dear it's uh the whole aviation it's become industry, a, so. a sport as part of the olympic yeah game, isn't it really yeah um but uh no i think it's it's the, the the holes in the swiss cheese lining up again isn't it uh coming out of covid all the layoffs that have gone on um crew not being able to come back to work because of illness all kinds of things and joe public wanting to go flying again um And as we've said so many times in many episodes previously, the airline business is not a switch you can just turn on and off. Well, we turned it off fairly quickly, but you then can't turn it back on Mm. and expect it all to just happen. Uh, This is is going to be going on for a little while, I think. I I was thinking, actually, uh, genuinely, though, you you sort of think uh, those, you know, that handful of people who are still there who didn't you know who lucky enough not to get laid off etc etc they must be exhausted 
Well, you, their workload must I be. I could say, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, their, absolutely. Their workload must be through the roof at the moment. It's yeah. it's a, a tiring time for them. I think. I think they'll be glad when there's a few more people kicking around to sort of help spread the load. I think. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, from one problem to another, Carl. I know, I know. It's uh, it's all kicking off here. So, this one comes to us from BBC.com, Guardian.com, and Digit.FYI. And EasyJet flights cancelled after software failure. Um, Airline passengers faced fresh disruption on Thursday after an IT glitch forced EasyJet to cancel around 200 flights around Europe. The airline scrapped a stream of flights due to take off between 1pm and 3pm on Thursday, affecting dozens and from Air UK airports, including its biggest base at Gatwick. The cause of the problem was not immediately uh, known. An EasyJet spokesperson said the earlier IT systems issues uh, were then rectified, and unfortunately they resulted in some some cancellations earlier today. And while we expect to operate most of our remaining flying program, some may still be subject to disruption in the coming hours, they said. They also said we advise customers due to travel with us to continue to check flight tracker for their status of their flight before making their way off to the airport. They also apologise for any inconvenience caused. Commenting on the news, Ross Gray, CEO of CloudSoft, an IT management consultancy group, said the outage shows us that no company's IT infrastructure is too advanced to fail, even one that supports flights for millions of people. Yesterday's downtime for EasyJet serves as a reminder as to why the EU is developing new regulations around digital operational resilience, commonly known as DORA, and why the UK is taking similar steps too. DORA, Digital Operational Resilience Act, is a new EU act aimed to strengthen ICT management resilience. It's primarily aimed at the financial sector. However, there are talks of it applying to other sectors where IT infrastructure is critical. A document accompanying the Queen's speech in the UK Parliament hints at a UK version of DORA being pursued. So there we go. So Nev, um, you, you had a, someone you knew was affected by uh, this uh, yes, my, issue. My boss was uh, just about to depart on a Luton to Edinburgh sector um, yesterday, um, and the, they had actually boarded the aircraft, and they all got kicked off the plane because the systems were down. Uh, so he then took a taxi round to Heathrow and boarded a BA flight to Edinburgh instead, uh, rather than waiting it out to see how long it was going to be, and probably just as well he did. Uh, the irony, of course, is that he chose BA where another provider's IT system was down. And, of course, we all know that BA have had their woes previously as well. Have so, uh, But, uh, yeah, it's all uh, it's all happening, isn't it? And, of course, it always happens at the worst possible time when people are yeah. getting back to flying and there's half-term and there's holidays going on and, and this sort of business. So Perhaps, uh, perhaps they should bring back the Spectrum or the VIC-20 now. <laughs> uh, yes, that's an option, certainly. Um but uh, yeah, I think the. I don't think it matters how much. Uh, John, John's John's thing. You can see John's John's face is like thinking, "The hell is a Vic Twenty? Yes. <laughs> it's a Spectrum." <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. So, so uh, yeah. actually, yeah. On that note, John's just said, "What what can we do about these things, Nev?" Well, the thing is that everything is interconnected. So when the EasyJet stuff went down yesterday, it was the app that was down. 
the website that was down, but we also found out that you know crew rostering was down as well. So it's actually the internal system. So presumably they had problems getting load sheets for the aircraft and you know all the scheduling and all, all the stuff that you need to go with the logistics of, of a, an operation like this. Um, but uh, yeah, when it goes wrong, that's the problem. I mean, it doesn't go wrong very often, but when it does go wrong, as BA have found as well, uh, it goes wrong spectacularly because everything is interconnected. That's the problem. Isn't it? It's the uh, internal but I have system. I've not been able to answer John's question of what can be done about it, though, I'm afraid. Mm. It's the internal system going down that bothers me the most. You could, that's that's a surprise. You quite often get like the, the external systems, if you like, the, the web interfaces and all that kind of thing, sort of those databases going down. But to, to lose things like crew rostering and that kind of thing, because you sort of assume that they're separate systems almost mm, yeah and of course the thing is that with you just uh, because of the schedules and the way they work as well it doesn't take much for a crew to suddenly go out of hours because they, they can't hang around to to operate the sector or uh, you've got you know crew illness perhaps mm. and that kind of thing but then you have this on top of it um, and it's just horrific mm. and it always tends to happen at the worst possible time unfortunately but well, uh, of course, they, they're back up and running now but they they did cancel a lot of flights today um in a tactical sense i think just to get ahead of the game probably in the same way that uh, klm have uh, paused uh, some new ticket sales uh, that were due to go between monday and sunday just to try and get rid of the backlog and get crew and aircraft back into the right places again yeah it's mm. uh, and so of course that's the problem with any low cost uh, airline it, it is um it, it's that that delay as you say it's everything's in the wrong place well it's not just low cost airlines of course it's it's anything um really um and the easiest thing is to probably cancel some of the short haul stuff um ahead of time if you can so that you can get the resilience mm. back a bit later on obviously when you've got aircraft in the air on very long haul uh, sectors that that's more difficult to do but uh, if you can cancel stuff before they go out then that is better but then of course you end up um with disgruntled passengers and passengers in the wrong place as well mm. so yeah very difficult mm, absolutely so matt moving on to the next story and uh, looking at the headlines do we need to go back to um carrier pigeons and paper and pens <laughs> Yeah, probably. Uh, probably that's the that's I think going to be the uh, the overall outcome on this one. Uh, we're sticking with the low cost carrier. It's the Indian low cost carrier SpiceJet this time round, and they experienced disruption due to a ransomware attack. Uh, now, ransomware incident. Loads of sources on this. Um, one being bleepingcomputer.com, <laughs> uh, dark dark reading, uh, Security Week, uh, and then uh, details from uh, Trend micro on this so basically ransomware if you're not aware uh, these incidents are on the rise and this week proved no exception with the discovery of a linux based ransomware family called cheers script targeting vmware esxi servers and an attack on spicejet india's second largest airline uh, the cheers script ransomware variant was uncovered by trent micro and relies on the double extortion scheme to coerce victims to pay the ransom i.e. stealing data as well as threatening to leak it if the victims don't pay up 
SpiceJet passengers reported delays, including some who told uh, stories of waiting up to five hours on the aircraft. Flights to airports with night restrictions were cancelled as booking systems, customer service, phone lines, and certain parts of the SpiceJet website were also affected. Uh, Certain SpiceJet systems faced an attempted ransomware attack last night that impacted our flight operations, the airline said on Wednesday via Twitter. The company said uh, also added that uh, it had to um, that it had to a large extent uh, contained and rectified the situation, but ongoing delays had forced some flights to airports with night curfews to be cancelled. An airline official on Thursday told the AFP that flight operations were back to normal. Hmm. Somebody didn't have their um, their software up to date, I think. <laughs> There's a theme running through tonight's show. There isn't is, there? isn't there? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's uh, let's see let's see if we can continue the trend with the next one, shall we? <laughs> I think my suggestion of the Vic Twenty in Spectrum is a not a bad shout. Well, it, absolutely, it's, it's not wide yeah. of the mark, is it? <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Nev, we're moving away, and we're going to have some good news. Oh, we are. Yes, uh, it's on flight global.com and avgeekery.com uh, it says that bombardier has uh, given a supersonic start to the launch of its long promised uh, 8000 nautical mile range global 8000 aircraft flying a test machine beyond the speed of sound as part of its certification campaign in addition to the huge range the new jet will have a maximum speed of mach 0.94 and be capable of carrying 19 passengers and the service entry is scheduled for 2025 New Global 8000 has developed considerably since the jet was first envisaged. Uh, Originally, the 8000 was set to be a shrink of its sister, the Global 7000, and was set to fly 500 nautical miles further as a result. However, the Global 7000 progressed to become the Global 7500 with a 7,700 nautical mile range. The trade-off between the two passenger seats and just 200 nautical miles meant that the Global 8000 needed a new design. Rather than developing an all-new Bombardier, uh, as instead uh, they have instead souped up the performance of the Global 7500 to create an aircraft that can fly 8,000 nautical miles and up to 1.3% faster than the current uh, Mach 0.925 maximum. The new Global is two aircraft in one, says Chief Executive Eric Martel, providing everything that the Global 7500 has to offer, but with a level of performance that has never been seen before in business aviation. Uh, Bourbonnier has already begun validating the modifications required using its uh, FTV-5 flying testbed operating from a site in the USA. And on the 18th of May, accompanied by a NASA-operated Boeing F-18 fighter, the aircraft was taken past the sound barrier to Mach 1.015, becoming the fastest civil aircraft since Concorde and taking a crucial step towards certificating the new standard. Service entry for the Global 8000 is anticipated in 2025, said Bombardier. And uh, the at that point, two things happen. Thanks to a service bulletin, all Global 7500 owners will be able to convert their jets into the Global 8000 and production of the earlier model is phased out in favour of the longer range aircraft. This price also rises from $75 million to $78 million. Uh, the speed and cabin size will be more than those 
news of the G800. We have taken a no compromise mentality as to how we want to position this aircraft at the top of the pyramid, says Bombardier. So how about that? Never thought we'd ever hear about an aircraft uh, going beyond the speed of sound. I mean, that's not its certificated mm. um, speed, obviously, but... Um, no, it's at 0.94. That's uh, that's going some, isn't it? Now, I'm the first one to admit that I don't know a lot about these things, but I immediately look at this picture. Um, again, uh, take a look. I'll make sure the pictures are in, in the show notes, obviously, for those listening to the audio version. <laughs> but that cockpit looks amazing. Well, the, the thing is with, with business jets, especially the higher-end ones, um, th- they are very sophisticated machines indeed. Um, and uh, they are really well designed. And again, of course, although they're small, in, the, in this case, of course, they're going for very long distances. So mm. the crew need to be comfortable in there. But the, the technology used in uh, biz jets is phenomenal. It really is. Can I, did you, that, that picture you put of the cabin up on there, Matt... I'm not going to lie. It looks like someone spilt something on the in the uh, in the cabin. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, am I just yeah? Uh, does uh, look, oh, uh, it does, I, I, I apologise if feature. I fed. As I apologise if I fed, but it looks like there's been a massive skid mark run right through the middle of it. Do you know well, it, it's it's almost like I mean, it's a lavatory at the back there. Yeah, I think that's what it is. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, what Let's hope that was just the coffee. And yeah. as a design, as a design <laughs> well, feature, yeah, yeah. that's pretty. It's an odd one, Naff. isn't it? Yeah, that is an yeah. odd one. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love, I love Lee Davies. It's Lee Davies comment in the chat room. <laughs> Lee is, uh, Lee is saying uh, a dead, a dead body's been dragged oh, through dear. there. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, that's, Honestly, that's exciting stuff. They uh, should really think before <laughs> they put these pictures on these uh, profiling their aircraft when they do these. I, I'm sure somewhere it looked really fancy. <laughs> Mayman Micah is it's saying it's just a is weird that... feature to have on a on a carpet. Yeah, uh, Mayman Micah is saying is that really a cocktail or is it Carlos's flight simulator? Yeah, it's probably that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, now, now, what are we thinking about this? Because I mean, I, I I'm personally feeling quite excited that, and I know we've said several times before, isn't it? I mean. I, you know the concord being taken out of service before there was a sort of speed of sound equivalent i i still find a really odd decision well there's a whole load of reasons behind why it was taken out of service mm. um and mainly it's to do with the cost of spares and right parts for okay it. um it also of course came at a time uh, when 9-11 was happening, just as mm. the aircraft was coming back into service after the accident in uh, Paris. Uh, then there was um, all, all sorts of other, you know, global events going on financially. And, you know, in fact, the, the French Concords were, were going across the Atlantic with pitiful uh you know load factors as well mm. so th- there's many things that that led to um i believe the you know the, the premature grounding yeah. of concord back in 2003 so so do, um, but of course it, the thing is it's it's a, a big leap to go from you know mac just under mac one to mm. just over mac two uh, that yeah. that requires a lot of technology yeah uh, to do that of course but i mean do you think they'll i mean presumably that you know they'll is it the business sector that would be interested enough in this sort of like supersonic 
travel speed if you yeah. like i mean it's uh, uh, if you're going to pay for a, if you're going to pay most for a jet people that flew on concord were the celebrities the film stars the mm. people that could afford it and um you know i i think that's that's a, a world apart from the average yeah uh, passenger although of course towards the end of concord's life those tickets were offered up uh, on an auction basis to people that wanted to buy them so your average person could actually experience a concord flight mm. uh, but of course it's more likely now that if you are in the wealthier sector you're going to want to get on a smaller aircraft um and try and get to the us in I don't know, you know, five hours rather than yeah. seven or eight, for example. Um, but of course, Concord was doing it in a little over three at one point. Um, mm. So uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a big difference. Um, <clears throat> and of course, engine technology is improving, and all the rest of it. So there's a, there's a lot a lot to it. There's a, there's a big big gap between just under Mach one and Mach two, as I said, in terms of what what's required from the aircraft and and all the systems on board. So yeah. It's going to be all about the money. It's going to be all about the money again, isn't it? Basically, mm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm. the very rich people. Yes, anyway. indeed, indeed. Yeah. As I say, they keep playing that Euro Millions. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, yeah. Anyway, next story. Um, this one comes to us from BBC.com and assets.publishing.service.gov.uk. My word, that's a mega website, and. Uh, this is all uh, about a certain aircraft that has been written off after it had a hard landing at Exeter Airport. So a cargo plane has been written off due to extensive damage after a hard landing at Exeter Airport, a report has said. The Boeing 737-4Q8 was returning from East Midlands Airport with a pilot and co-pilot who were not injured at the time. The plane was beyond economical repair, a report by the Air Accidents Investigation Branch said. Uh, West Atlantic, the plane's Swedish-based operator, said only the flight commander will be allowed to land at Exeter Airport until further notice. The AIIB confirmed the aircraft had been written off as it was deemed beyond repair and would no longer be in use after it landed. The aircraft had a hard landing as a result of the aircraft's approach to the runway, continuing after it became unstable, uh, the report had said. The commander may have been, or may have given the co-pilot the benefit of the doubt and believed she had the ability to correct an approach that became unstable in the final few hundred feet of the approach, it said. The co-pilot said she did not know what caused the hard landing but did not believe there was a technical issue. After the aircraft left the runway, it was listing to the left, the report also said. It was then that the crew realised there was something seriously wrong with the aircraft. It explained the damage may have been lessened if the crew had ended the attempt at landing and tried again for a second time, or a go-around, as we all know. The main body of the wings was cracked and buckled and the top end appeared creased and rippled, the report had said. The runway was undamaged after the incident on uh, 2.37 a.m. Uh, GMT on the 19th of January back in 2021. So interesting things from the report that uh, John's found us here uh, in this one. So the co-pilot uh, actually had more total hours, but less hours 
on the Boeing 737. The commander had a total of 15,218 flying hours, of which 9,000 of these were on the Boeing 737. The co-pilot had a total of 19,350 flying hours, of which 5,637 were on the Boeing 737. So go around pressure from a fuel perspective with uh, 6,600 kilograms of fuel on board at the time of the accident and 3,118 kilograms required to go back to EMA or East Midlands Airport. There was enough fuel to fly a further three approaches before a decision to divide uh, to East Midlands was needed to be taken. There was thus no fuel or time pressure to land off the first approach. So meteorological information, say that after a beer or three, uh, the METARS issued at uh, 020 uh, or 0220 in the morning hours stated that the surface winds were 230 degrees at 10 knots uh, with a visibility of 9 kilometres and light rain with scattered clouds at 1,200 feet above uh, IAL. Uh, broken clouds at 4,000 feet and temperatures of 12 degrees Celsius dew point and 10 degrees Celsius with a Q&H of 1009. And uh, the operator's comments, here we go. The operator stated that during the pilot's recent recurrent training prior to the event, they had continued or conducted, I should say, rejected landings, um, GA from different altitudes and configurations, but not from touchdown, uh, but this practice will continue. While OMB did not have specific guidance as to what to do in the event of an approach becoming unstable, on ILS below 500 feet, uh, uh, they believed that the expectation was that if an approach went unstable after 500 feet, it would uh, lead to a GA being initiated or go around. Uh, The operator has now included stabilised approach criteria as a feature in their pilot's ground-based recurrent training. Now, safe to say, looking at those pictures that Matt popped up on the screen there, it's no surprise this aircraft was um, written off, especially being the aircraft the age it is, because that was a Dash 400, Nev? Yeah, Dash 400. Yes. So, fairly old aircraft. Um, What is surprising to me... Uh, is that the final comment, um, which says the operator has now included stabilised approach criteria as a feature in their pilot's ground-based recurrent training. Isn't that in everybody's training? Isn't that what it's all about? Being stable at, whether it's 500 feet or 1,000 or whatever is specified, and if it's not stable, if, if that, though, that criteria is not met, then you're going around. I don't, I don't know what's difficult about this. So there's there's something that's fallen through the cracks there a little bit, I think, definitely. Mm. Um, and I know we, we can all be armchair pilots Experts. at the end of the day, and yeah. they did have plenty of fuel to conduct uh, a couple of approaches. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, well, a bit of a shame, to say the least. I mean, fortunately, mm. no one was uh, hurt. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's that's the end of that aircraft. But as somebody said in the chat room, I think it was Richard, it's more more parts for you to buy. <laughs> That is that is very true, and I look forward yeah. to having some of those parts uh, somewhere uh, in this room. Behind very soon, point. yes, absolutely. But this uh, this particular aircraft first flew in 1994. Nev um, had a few owners from new Alaska Airlines being one, Aeroflot Don being the other, Donavia uh, Atlantic Airlines, and then West Atlantic UK, obviously the, being the last owner of that aircraft. But yeah, 1994 first registered that one. 
There we go. There we go. So moving on to the uh, where, where's my story. Rick and his extreme ironing when you need him. That's what I know. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, you've got uh, you've got the next story, and um, I'm just going to have one of these, Matt, while you're reading this oh, story. You, right, very good. Yes, very good. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this has come from One Mile at a Time, The Sun, Legislation.gov.uk. Loads of different various sources uh, there. So uh, the headline is: Louder crew member arrested and sacked after he was filmed downing alcohol on flight uh the uh this incident first reported by the sun involves a flight on wednesday may the 18th 2022 from jeshov uh, in poland to london united kingdom the flight was operated by a louder europe airbus a320 with louder europe being an austrian-based wholly owned subsidiary of ryanair according to reports a passenger went to the rear of the galley to order an alcoholic drink the flight attendant then said shush uh, don't tell anyone uh, but i will have one too at that point the flight attendant downed a miniature of whiskey plus a bottle of rose the capture the passenger recorded this on camera and noted that the flight attendant sounded drunk and looked like he or had been drinking before that as well while being filmed the flight attendant both flicks off the camera seemingly jokingly and also says don't make it obvious clearly trying to hide his drinking from other staff the passenger then asked uh, to speak to the captain and at that point the flight attendant was allegedly furious uh, upon landing in london video footage of the incident was shared with police and the entire crew was breathalyzed it's believed that the flight attendant had a blood alcohol level of 50 micrograms per 100 milliliters of breath the legal requirement for driving a car in the uk is 35 milligrams uh, micrograms sorry and is 20 micrograms uh, for air crew and air traffic controllers Uh, the flight attendant in question was arrested at stansted and charged with performing an aviation function whilst impaired because of alcohol he is set to appear before chelmsford magistrates court on the 8th of june the airline added that louder europe has investigated a report individual cabin crew breach of their strict policy the cabin crew member in question no longer operates for louder europe Uh, and just fyi the company uh, policy for ryanair group is that alcohol must not be taken eight hours prior to commencement of duty uh, or commencement of standby time and disciplinary action will be taken against any crew member who consumes alcohol within within eight hours of report time uh, standby time duties uh, also consumes alcohol during duty time uh, also if they are found to have been taking illicit drugs as well so uh, i think it's safe to say uh, a very naughty boy which is uh yes yeah indeed yeah now i did pop up a picture of the uh the the incident in question um and uh there is uh yeah there's not really a lot more we can say to that is there chaps i don't think well wouldn't, I, wouldn't happen, yes, wouldn't I mean obviously i'm not condoning for one second what mm. what has been alleged here because he's not been convicted yet because he's no. in, caught on the 8th of june so we've got to be careful about what we say there um but um obviously it's very unfortunate for him that he got caught as well and i'm absolutely not for one minute saying 
that this is commonplace because I don't believe it is. Mm. Uh, but it just goes to show you again, doesn't it, how careful you have to be when there are cameras around. Mm. Um, and uh, he shouldn't have been doing it anyway. So please don't get the wrong impression. I'm not saying no. that he could have got away with it because that that's wrong as well. But uh, at the end of the day, if you are in charge of safety on an aircraft, which you are very much a part of that safety team, then you should not be doing that. That's Absolutely, indeed. Sure. Yeah. And I, I suppose I think the point you're trying to make, Nev, uh, there is that essentially uh, you have to bear in mind that you're being watched at all times. You know, there could be a camera being po- pointed at you twenty four seven for all you know. If you sort of mean, it's like it's one of those, isn't it? Like, and I say, not condoning by any stretch, but you just sort of think, yeah. I just think it's a very, very odd decision, especially when he knew that the person had a phone in their hand. I, that I, I, yeah, I just can't get my head around it. And John's just said in our ears actually that apparently the maximum punishment for this is two years in jail Ow. It, it, plus a mm. plus a big fine i mean is that enough though i don't know because not if you get caught driving a car over the limit um well that's a minimum of 12 months ban, mm. oh that's it? true and yeah o- often okay. more yeah you know, so, yeah that's yeah. true yeah and a big fine <laughs> yeah yeah well there we go hmm. so nev we've uh, we've talked about a 737 a previous and uh, we're going to talk about another one Yes, uh, it's just like we're, it's like a big roundabout with this uh, series of aircraft, isn't it? It's on flightglobal.com and it says that uh, Boeing's head of safety has warned of potential negative safety consequences if the company were to equip its 737 MAX 10 with a modernised crew alerting system, which is technology expected to be required before the jet achieves certification. I have personally, uh, I have personally no belief that there's any value in changing the 737 says uh, boeing's chief aerospace safety officer michael delaney on the 23rd of may his comment came in response to a question about the pending regulation that will prohibit the faa from certificating an aircraft that lacks a flight crew alerting system such modern systems which include engine indicating and crew alerting systems icas are intended to help pilots better diagnose and respond to cockpit errors essentially all modern airlines except 737s have such technology Uh, the regulation which is required by a late 2020 law is to take effect in december uh, boeing has said it intends to deliver the first max 10 in 2023 suggesting it will not achieve the max's clearance before the deadline how will uh, boeing address the issue remains unclear uh, chief executive david calhoun has said that boeing could potentially secure an exemption letting the max be certificated as it is Uh, Delaney says that the historic safety record of the 737 family proves that the effectiveness of the existing alerting system. The system is largely unchanged from Boeing's initial 737 design decades ago, experts say. Uh, Experts also say that equipping the MAX 10 with modern alert technology would be costly and time-consuming, creating uh, concerning cockpit differences between MAX variants and spur new training requirements. That lack of cockpit commonality can introduce risk says uh, Boeing vice president of operational and safety and strategy Al Madar you have to be very careful uh, he says Boeing has also not yet achieved certification for its 737 MAX 7 the smallest version of the MAX family but aims to do so this year the FAA has already certificated the MAX 8 and the MAX 9 Mm. 
here we go again um <laughs> it's trying to get common type ratings isn't it across yeah. all all the you know the, the range of the family of aircraft um and now we're having a safety discussion before mm. the aircraft gets certified um i find that incredible mm. um but um you are dealing with a quite an old design of aircraft obviously there's modern avionics and all the rest of it on there but there's some things which have not changed uh, at all um mm. so i mean how i yeah. mean how long's the how long's the 737 body itself been in, in service i mean oh i'm thinking late cool. 60s late 60s yeah really gosh Something okay. like, yeah, yeah. I, I think this this Max Ten will will be when it finally gets sorted and everything gets you know put in place. The Max Ten will be a popular aircraft for a lot of airlines because it fits into that seven five seven sort of slot. Don't you think, mm. Nev? Yes. Passenger stuff. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Nineteen sixty-seven. Uh, we're being told was the first flight. Oh, wait, that wasn't far off, was That's it? Not bad. Not um, bad going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that it's um, obviously it's been a very popular aircraft, but it's been, you know, very reliable over many, many years. Uh, obviously, uh, it has had its issues as well in, in the later variants. Um, but, um, well, they, they, the FAA have to get this one right, don't they? No, oh, no yeah. two ways about it. And also any other uh jurisdiction around the world whether it's uh, mm. easa or, or whoever was doing it so yeah so moving on to the next story and for those of you who are fans of lego like me like <laughs> uh, this comes to us from simpleflying.com and iceland air celebrates 10 years of billand flights with lego a lego boeing 737 max <laughs> So in 2021, Iceland Air celebrated its 10-year anniversary of flights from Reykjavik's Keflavik Airport uh, to Billund Airport in Denmark. You'd be forgiven for not recognising the Danish town with a population of just over 6,600 people right away. However, if we tell you that it's the birthplace of Lego and home to the major tourist attraction theme park Legoland, it might just ring a bell or two. So in honour of the 10 years of connecting Iceland, Icelandic travellers to the toy constructions of their dreams, Iceland Air uh, decided, well, honestly, it's the best decision they could have ever made, uh, decided to enlist the help of some proper Lego experts. Over 630 building hours, uh, Brenjar Karl and Mikhail Paul built a two-metre-long, 40-kilogram heavy replica of a Boeing 737 MAX jet. It has a wingspan of 184 centimetres and consists of 25,000 Lego bricks. God, what a dream. Uh, That's some way from the Lego Millennium Falcon, which is made up of 7,500 bricks. The airline said it's a huge task which took the builders nearly a year to complete and required both tenacity and 25,000 multi-hued bricks. The result is a detailed jet in our livery, a stunning engineering achievement that represents the creativity of our dedication to the spirit of Iceland and above all, patience. 
<laughs> so when completed, the model aircraft was painted in Iceland Air's new livery, uh, predominantly white with a brightly coloured tail, following much of the same procedures for a regular jet. The toy plane was given the magenta version of the airline's new coloured stripe on the tail, representing the creative power of Iceland, a highly fitting choice considering the task. The other colours soon to be visible on Iceland Air's aircraft in the new livery are Boreal Blue for the Northern Lights, Sky Blue for Iceland Summer Skies, and Yellow for Sun Gleaming Off Waterfalls, and Green for the emergence of life after even the most challenging events. The Model 737 MAX will now go on its maiden voyage and land at the Friedrichsberg Centre, a shopping centre in Copenhagen for the summer of 2022. So the pictures that map up on the screen now will say the nose section of that aircraft. Yeah, looks, the front of the um, aircraft doesn't look great, does it? Slightly um, <laughs> broken. Um, Mount aerodynamic. Yes, indeed. Yes, uh, literally the aerodynamic properties of a house brick, essentially. Uh, I, it's a it's it's a blooming good. I, I love it. It, is, it yeah. is such a good idea, and I would. I wouldn't say no to having it, uh, you know, here. I know some people who would say no to me having it here at the house. Yes, yes, yes. I, I would, is, is it the same like... person that would say no to having windows? And goodness knows what else might he tell. Just out, just out. Just oh, dear. Yeah. Yes, I know. <laughs> but what? Oh, honestly, it's one of those things, you know, when, when I, well, because I still have Lego. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I do admit to that. I do still have Lego. Um <laughs> One of the first things that I always used to build as a child was, ne- was a plane. Wow. Do you, do you have any lever, Lego, Nev? <laughs> Not anymore. No, I, I don't, unfortunately. Um, but uh, Were I'm you a Meccano it, man, Nev? Uh, I, yeah, I was actually, yes. Okay. At, at the time, yes, definitely. Um, but uh, I have actually just sent a picture in. Yeah, to I'm, the, I'm, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying. Talk amongst yourselves for a moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I've gone one better than this. I've actually been on one of the Lego jets, um, which was a Citation 560XL. And I flew from Farnborough to Billund in it, which was uh, very nice. Um, this is going back to about 2004. Some, something like that, I think. I can't remember what, uh, what what year it was. But that was very nice. That was about an eight or nine-seater, I think, if I remember correctly, uh, with a bar on board as well. With some God, blimey, Nev. Beers in, in the fridge and some snacks. Uh, very pleasing indeed. So, uh, no, it was a very, very nice uh, flight, actually. And, uh, of course, the performance of these business jets is just phenomenal. Um, so, uh, yeah, I had a great, uh, great time on that. Had to get a regular flight back. They couldn't get me back on it, unfortunately. But um, and there's a there's a nice picture of it as well. I think the exact <laughs> aircraft that I was on. So, uh, yeah, very nice. Very a few, a few comments in the chat room. Um, from uh, one from tony s actually amusing me uh, tony s says lego is awesome except when you stand on it it's true that very 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 true, very yeah. true. um <laughs> uh what else we got we've got uh, alex robinson says somehow still more aer- aerodynamic than the space shuttle you know, okay right <laughs> and uh, lee davies apparently has bags of ne- of lego love well, it lee let's um let's Let's you know put our uh, Lego together and build it's, something. Lego's there. quite therapeutic, isn't it? 
Mm. There's no question about it. If you've got a bag of it and you just, you know, um, you just want to occupy yourself for what you think is going to be 15, 20 minutes and an hour and a half later, you're still constructing and, and doing things with it. But uh, oh. no, it's it's phenomenal. I, I like it mm. very much. Yeah. Guess, what, guess what I've got in the spare room, Matt? Uh, I don't know. A, mil- a Millennium Falcon? I don't know. No, an yeah. airport. <laughs> an airport. A Lego airport. Uh, Tony Tess is saying uh, there was a full size Lego. Yes, there was. I think. I think we went and had a look at it. Actually, I think. yeah, so there, there was a full-sized Lego uh, McLaren car at the Brooklands Museum, which was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah right. absolutely yes. was. I think I've got a photo of that somewhere, actually, thinking about it. I'm pretty what? sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think I think producer John, I think, took a photo of it. We'll come back to that we'll, we'll later. Let me, let me do my story. I'll tell you what, if, man, if manufacturers started building aircraft out of Lego, it, it, would, <laughs> um, it, would, it would make things a lot easier for repair work and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. As I say, I mean, I would be a little bit concerned, as you said earlier, about the aerodynamic properties of that particular, <laughs> um, you know, that particular plane. I would be a little worried about oh. that. But, uh, yeah, while, uh, while John is busy trying to find that picture, as say because i'm pretty sure we've got uh, a picture of what uh, tony was talking about then i'll move on to the next story uh, briefly uh it is uh on simpleflying.com oh there in fact the picture is there but i'll do that in a moment whilst you're talking amongst yourselves um airbus commits to construction of uh, new uh, helicopter headquarters at London Oxford Air- uh, Airport. As I say, simpleflying.com is the website for this. On Friday, Airbus's chief executive, uh, Guam Fiori, I think, uh, apologies if I've got that wrong, uh, confirmed the company's investment in a new Airbus helicopter headquarters. Uh, the aerospace manufacturer has chosen to put $50.5 million towards the new facility at London Oxford Airport. Uh, the new facilities will bring together all of the company's Oxford activities currently spread across the area into one single, modern and more environmentally efficient building. Airbus's new OXF project will cover a 14-acre site and will be completed in 2024 on the 50th anniversary of Airbus helicopters operations in the UK. This is not the only way Airbus is strengthening its presence in the UK. The company has also announced that it has established the Zero Emission Development Centre, ZEDC, for hydrogen technologies in Filton in Bristol. Uh, The uh, technologies development has already begun and it will cover everything from components up to whole system and cryogenic. Wow. Testing in support of Airbus's mission to bring a hydrogen powered commercial aircraft to the market by 2035. There you go. Nice. Anything yeah. to add to that? No. <laughs> As you can see, we're, we're absolutely um, yeah. speechless. Yeah, you're in awe of my read. That's what it is. Yes. That, 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 that it's will, it's course, the whole London is. Oxford thing again. I know. It's been called that London, for a while, though, hasn't it? London, everything. It London, really has. Norwich, yeah. London, South yeah. End. Yeah, well, London, South End is, is valid. I've heard it called that before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, London, Oxford is pushing it a little bit. <laughs> Do you think? Quite a long, quite a long way up the M40. Yeah. And a long day. <laughs> 
yeah true true that true that uh okay uh, just going back to what we were talking about earlier this is um as i say uh, john john had taken a photograph of it this is indeed the uh the car that we're talking about there there you go look at that uh, so this is the full-size uh lego mclaren that uh, tony was talking about earlier on how cool is that that's phenomenal, isn't it? We weren't allowed to touch it, which is really frustrating because the desire to just sort of stroke the bumps was quite a uh, quite quite overwhelming. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Family show, ladies and gentlemen. Shall we move on? Uh, <laughs> Indeed, so Nev, you've the got hole. the next. Uh, Nev, you've got the next story, and um, uh, just um, to sort of a question, really, for the team: what 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 kind of things have you ever, if you have ever, lost? Headphones on, uh, on an aircraft. I've lost headphones on an aircraft Nev? before now. Yeah, small earbuds, I think. Uh, nearly left my iPad there once, oh, but wow. uh, managed to recover it. Um, I've been pretty fortunate, actually. I've not had any sort of big losses on an aircraft so far. Mm. John, what about you? Oh, really? Have yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> he lost his mind yeah. once on an aircraft. Seems to remember he nearly. I, 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 I can say. I can say. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Seems to remember he lost a wallet with a lot of very important information in it. Oh, very, not 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 but, that long ago. <laughs> but Nev, uh, this next story: What has someone managed to lose? On an aircraft. Well, this is extraordinary. It's on the uh, Newsweek.com website. Uh, it says that viral TikTok video has shown how a woman lost her shoe during a flight between Rome and New York when the garment fell into the aircraft and could not be retrieved. What? Uh, with more than 1.8 million views, 21-year-old Alexis Di Bartolo from Long Island, New York, shared the video in March. In the video, she shows footage of the plane with the text overlay on a plane and this thing near my feet opened up and my shoe fell down into it. Uh, Di Bartolo uh, told Newsweek, I was flying back home to the uh, JFK International Airport with Delta Airlines. I casually sat down in my seat, which was a window seat, and my sister was sitting next to me. About an hour into the flight, I decided I wanted to take a nap and get comfortable in my seat. So I took off my shoes and placed them directly under the window, which happened to be right near the decompression panel. Uh, when she woke up again 15 minutes later, she went to reach for her shoe when it fell down the panel. I immediately tried reaching for it, and when I couldn't get it, I called the flight attendant. She couldn't reach it either, so she contacted maintenance uh, to board the plane as soon as we landed in New York to see if they could uh, obtain it. When the plane landed, maintenance came on board, and they could not reach the shoe either. Uh, when they couldn't retain the shoe from the cargo hold either, the airline gave the woman some slippers to wear in place of her shoes. Now, so a bit of a uh, bit, bit of technical info uh, about how this came about. Um, these decompression panels, which are known as dado panels, in normal conditions, they're partially open to allow uh, air entering the cabin from the ceiling crown to exit into the cargo hold. Uh, in the case of a rapid decompression from a hole in the cargo hold, they fully open to accelerate pressure equalization between the two levels and prevent the cabin floor collapsing under the effects of the high pressure differential. Hope you're still with me. Uh, they are standard safety equipment since an NTSB recommendation after a DC-10 explosive decompression in 1972 due to a cargo door opening in flight uh, where the cabin floor collapsed. And we all remember that incident, don't we? Yeah. That's a very well publicised uh, thing. So, yes, um, as you can see, that's what uh, 
what the story was there. So um, the shoe will not be recovered uh, by <laughs> the sounds of things. Um, yeah, but so, she was yeah. given a slipper by the. <laughs> but how? I mean, if you're if you're filling out an insurance claim for your Nike trainers or whatever brand of trainers you might be wearing. How is that going to sound? You know, oh, how did you lose your shoe or try? Oh, well, <laughs> just fell down the side of an aircraft. I couldn't get it out. You know, um, yes, difficult. I'm surprised mm, but, that they can't um, get this. Obviously, it's fell somewhere where they can't get to, even going through the hold of the aircraft to get there. But yes. does that mean somewhere there's a rogue shoe that's just uh, yes. going to remain there for the re- remaining life of this this particular aircraft? Well, uh, also. The, uh, <laughs> Presumably, uh, this is not the first time it's happened either, no, I would imagine. No, so there indeed. may be a collection. Uh, there might well be, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Different odd-sized <laughs> shoes and all that kind of thing. Tony S is saying she, she was USB hopping tools. mad, apparently. <laughs> she, she was hopping mad, quoted the Daily Mail. Oh, Mazus Kareem. Mazus says Ryanair would have charged her for the extra leg. Good point. Good point, well made. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and why not? Oh, That's what I yeah. say. I like yeah. that. Well, hopefully... She'll get her shoe back at some point. You never know <laughs> in the near future. Right. Might be slightly damp and mouldy, but... Okay, gonna... move on, please. <laughs> so the next story comes us from aviation on, or aviationonline.com. And uh, the headline, KLM Cargo, it's another KLM story. KLM Cargo starts to process to replace its Boeing 747-400Fs. Oh. So KLM's air cargo arm currently operates for... 747-400Fs, but that uh, fleet configuration is likely to change soon. That's what the company revealed during an investor meeting on the 24th of May. Dutch website Scramble has reported. At the meeting, CEO Benjamin Smith uh, said a decision would be made shortly and that the Airbus A350 and the Boeing 777-F and the newly launched Boeing 777-8F would be in contention. In fact, the current fleet has been ageing, with the three aircraft flying in KLM colours reaching an average age of 19 years, while one flying Martin Air cargo colours is already 32 years old. The decision is expected to be made very soon. Yes, you often see those uh, at Schiphol Airport, certainly when I've been there. Uh, you often see the, uh, the uh, KLM freighters uh, on, the, on the taxiways and uh, unloading and loading up their cargo again. Yeah. It w- wasn't it a few, not, not long ago, that we all said on the show that, um, you know, that obviously the passenger version, the 747, is um, sort of, well, near, nearly all but gone. And we said, didn't we, at the time, that uh, the cargo versions will be flying forever and ever and ever. But um, obviously, you know, it's starting to get to that stage now where even some of the airlines are phasing out the uh, the 400 uh, freighter version. Yeah, I just wonder if that's due to fuel burn, you know, Im- improvements that, that the newer uh, aircraft are offering as well, because that's it's all about uh, running cost, isn't it? So, mm. yeah, mm. interesting, interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, next story, Nev. Uh, mm. This one, uh, this one's a, this one's a nice story. I like this one. It's one of those, and finally, nice stories, isn't it? Um, Indigo Pilot, well, uh, it's all, sorry, this is on the NDTV.com. 
Uh, it says an Indigo pilot is drawing a lot of praise on social media for showering his wife with love and affection aboard his flight. Now, before you take this the wrong way, I must just explain that uh, Captain Alniz Virani used the plane's public announcement system to say that he has the privilege of flying my wife to Mumbai. As Captain Virani spoke, his wife, uh, Zara, recorded her excitement on a camera phone and later shared the video with a long post on Instagram. Thank you. Also, I'd like uh, this opportunity to take, uh, tell you a special announcement. Uh, some days uh, I do get a special flight, and today is one such flight. Where I have a special passenger uh, with us on this flight, and I have the privilege of flying my wife to Mumbai. It's just a small thing for everybody, but uh, means a lot to me. Just uh, wish to share the happiness with all of you on board. Isn't that lovely? Do you know what? That's the sort of thing I can I could seriously expect to see a certain host of this show who's not with us this week. Do. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it would be, wasn't it? That was yeah. exactly that's exactly the sort of thing he would do. Yeah. It does have an Armando feel about it, doesn't it? It's yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or he'd write write uh, Megan's name in the sky with uh, you know. Well, with I mean that's a given, obviously. Like I mean <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But what a nice thing to do, though, if you yeah. if you are a, a pilot and your family member is uh, is on board, you know that is a very nice mm. thing to do. So um, good on him, I say, good on him. Quite right, quite right. So moving on to the next part of the show, then, and uh, we've had an email, haven't we, uh, Nev? We have. Yes, um, uh, our good friend from down under, Graham McCarran. Um, we haven't heard from him for a while, actually, have we? Mm. So I um, hope he's hope he's well. Um, he says, guys, remember when Tom Cruise took James Corden for a skydive? And I said that would be Matt when we crowdsourced his first jump. <laughs> well, uh, and he's got a, got a video to go with it, I believe. Oh. There we go. It's not. It's it's not working. Bear with me. It's not working. Bear with me a moment. Yeah. Bear with me a moment. I'll press I, the right uh, button. Actually, I got I got sent the link to the video earlier on the week uh, week by Mr. Warner. Ah. He sent me the video, and I watched uh, watched the uh, the video of uh, Mr. Cruz we're, and Mr. Corden. We're mended now. Here we go. So, so this is from the Mission Impossible uh, promo, apparently. <laughs> So it's Tom, Tom, Tom Cruise and uh, James Corden. Uh, you can hear some beepings going on there as he's literally about to be thrown out of the aircraft. There it goes, my goodness me. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, yeah, that... that right. That, oh, that. I think Matt would love this. <laughs> no, I don't think he would. No, absolutely. Anyway, we're going we're gonna to move on from that, yeah. <laughs> Go on, carry on, someone. <laughs> so uh, for the next video, which uh, has been released, I love this one. Uh, this is what uh, we would uh, see if uh, we'd crowdfunded uh, for Matt's first aerobatic ride. Oh, for goodness sake. 
It is 4.56 a.m. I'm in Burbank Airport, and I'm here because Tom Cruise has asked me to meet him here at 5 a.m. When Tom Cruise calls, you sort of have to say yes, so... So this is your seatbelt, okay? You've got your parachute underneath. It's not going to happen. But if it does happen, if we lose an engine and it catches on fire and we decide we're going to jump out of the airplane... Oh, this is really great. If you watch the whole video, video it's so Tom, really Tom Cruise and James Corden are, are sat in. Um, is it the F-15? I think, isn't it? No, P-51. P-51. Okay. Dump out yeah. of the airplane. Here's your ring. Wait, so are you joking? Right, yeah, dump me out of the airplane. Which this which he uh, flies in the film. The plane is on fire. We lose an engine. How many engines are on the plane? One. So when you say lose an engine, you mean yeah. lose the engine? The engine, yeah. I'm just going to turn over and I'm going to plop you out. Yeah. Sorry, you're going you're to plop me I'm out. I'm just going to turn over and I'm going to plop you out. <laughs> you're going to plop me out of the plane. Just plop you out of the Oh, my God. Oh. 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 I didn't realise, but actually, Tom Cruise has had his licence for quite some time now. Yeah. PPL. Wow. So for those of you listening on the audio version, it was, uh, as I say, sort of flying through sort of beautiful um, mountain areas and stuff, literally being thrown around like a, like a rag doll, I think that's the best way to describe it. So what we moved, is this the same aircraft? So what's this aircraft that they're getting into now? That's my best look. You look like a fighter yeah, pilot. Yeah, L thirty nine. An L thirty nine. Okay, Mister Warner will say this. Here's the flaps. I don't need to know about your flaps. It's either an L thirty nine or an L twenty nine. Oh my goodness me! Doctor Big Goose. Doctor Big. Doctor Big Wow. So good. But you see these trees here, right? Yeah, yeah, I see the trees, Tom. I'm not blind. So Tom Cruise has had his uh, pilot's license since 1994. Oh, uh, we're being told. Absolutely ludicrous. This is the craziest. Right down there. Is that this good? is the stupidest thing I've ever done. <laughs> oh, wow. You, know, you ever notice when you watch these videos and stuff, yeah. like the one, the one we watched a minute ago when they were doing the, uh, the skydive and stuff, nothing ever seems to phase Tom Cruise. There is just like... There's nothing. It's just he just does it. He's it's upside just, down now, by the way. For anyone, you know, <laughs> his head's literally hit the canopy. <laughs> this is a white man when I said a straight line. Richard Adams says he even looks like Matt. Yep. Oh <laughs> I'll tell you, you what. There's a, there's, there's a, there's a, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> I think Matt would actually Matt Matt would actually be good in the front seat. I think. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. Uh, moving on. At uh, least you'd have, you'd have control of, of what you did then, Matt, so it would be all on you. Right, you okay, yeah, yeah. If you're in control. Indeed. Uh, I would just finish off the email that Grant said, saying that I must say, I wonder if I'd be able to take uh, Matt for a balloon flight. Much more sedate. Yes, Grant, is the answer to that. 100%. I would love to have a go at a balloon flight. So uh, you, you, would, you would go in a basket in a balloon I flight? I would then? absolutely go in a basket with a balloon flight with... Grant McCarran, who I would trust with my life. Okay. So, you know, oh, there that, you go. That's, that's... Grant, you heard yeah. it here. <laughs> uh, Richard Adams has got a proposition for me, apparently, or for, for Grant. He said, hey, Grant, uh, could sort out a balloon jump for Matt's... No, not a balloon jump. No. Oh, yes. No. Two birds, one stone. 
Hmm. Is this show over yet? Sorry. <laughs> what, a, what a brilliant idea. Oh, uh, do- uh, Dr. Steph is saying that she's on her way to go do a jump now. So <laughs> there we Honestly, go. Honestly, <laughs> do you know what? You're so lucky, Matt. You've got all these options of where you can go and do a parachute jump right. or you can go in a plane yeah. or jump out of a plane or uh, Richard Adams, a balloon flight. Uh, Richard Adams is suggesting that I am uh, a James Corden stunt double, by the way. Uh, <laughs> not sure about that. <sighs> Well, you'd, be, you'd certainly be richer than all us. You could afford one of those jets. Well, that's we true. About that, is true. that is true. That is true. Oh, dear. Never mind. Okay. Uh, now it's time then to do the military. Welcome to Fuggies 13550, Angel 16. Okay. Oh, no, wait. There isn't any. Sorry about that. Uh- <laughs> I was looking. I was thinking. There Has was someone updated the show notes? Going, uh, <laughs> seriously? <laughs> What's going on? Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, I was disappointed, obviously, because you know, the prospect of not having military yeah. on the show was uh, pleasing for me. And then he now says, it's the military. Oh, no. I thought Armando had secretly sent yeah, some yeah, videos yeah, through yeah. or something. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We haven't, we haven't we got go. any military this week, unfortunately, as, as Armando has. <laughs> obviously, he's probably still in the... In the air, or has he landed now? He's he's uh, somewhere. He's probably on the ground. By he's now, either on a plane or or somewhere like that. Mm. But um, he, we will be back. Normal programming will resume next week. Don't mm. panic, all our military lovers of the show. Indeed. And also, uh, I obviously uh, missed the caption this for this week, um, but that will be back next week as well. I was uh, oh. slightly slightly busy on Wednesday this week. I didn't uh, get a chance mm. to put it on our Facebook page. But keep your eyes open there next week on the facebook page for that as well but um yes so guys i I mean that's that's nearly all we've done for this week isn't it that is a shorter show than normal shorter show than normal i know indeed i know Uh, richard adams is saying in the chat room john travolta still flies a 747 on his ppl does Does he know is it a 74 or 707 707 yeah i thought it was 70 no He's probably got must have had a commercial license. Yeah, imagine for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if yeah. you haven't seen it yet, there's been lots of chat in the chat room about it uh, at the moment. So if you haven't seen it yet, Top Gun, I can <laughs> say, was really epic and well worth very good. Watch. Now, if you're like me and you've never seen Top Gun <gasps> at all, and I know I can't even believe I'm saying, did it. you just say you've never seen the original? Correct. So if I was to go and see the new one how meaningless would it be if i didn't have the experience of the first one to there are certain aspects of the of the storyline that would need you to have watched the first first um sh- uh, film yes but they do ex- they do explain things in case you haven't seen the first Right, Tony S says, no Top Gun spoilers, please. Yes, we fully respect (laughs) that, Tony. No, I won't be saying anything at all about um, um, anything to do with Top Gun. Hmm. Okay, right then. Before before we get into trouble then, shall we wrap up? (laughs) Apart from from, I'd forgotten just how blinking epic the IMAX is for sound. (laughs) Oh, my God. The sound quality was... Because there are a lot of chase and fight um, mm-hmm. dogfight scenes in in the new Top Gun film, yeah. and the audio, jeez, my word, 
That is rather nice, the IMAX sound quality. But obviously, <laughs> Nev, you, you'd be the man to know all about sound quality and stuff because it's probably all to do with you. Yeah, well, perhaps I'll just go there and shut my eyes and just enjoy the sound. <laughs> or am I missing they're, the point? They're, they're, right, okay. I mean, sure. Uh, there are there are many people who are horrified. John Jester is one of them, to be fair, Nev. Also, uh, Mark uh, on the WhatsApp number. He's, it's, uh, Nev, sir, you have not lived. Uh, yeah, this this you know, this is definitely a bucket list uh, well, item. Well, at least I've, yeah. I've got the guts <laughs> to admit it. No, I'll um, give you that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I was recently in that same boat where I'd not seen it, but mm. then I was staying at Carlos's and Carlos has it on on 3D on a 3D DVD, don't you? If I mem- oh, remember correctly, word. yeah, it, it is epic. If you've not seen it, it is. Um, if you've got a, a Blu-ray, a Blu-ray 3D player, yeah. and a telly that plays 3D, 3D with the old yeah. goggles yeah. on, that that would be awesome. quite important. Yeah. So good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and how much? So and how much will that cost, Nev, in order to be able to? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Nev's probably got two or three three D TVs sitting around his, you know, his. Well, I've got one certainly. Oh right, I've never, we've only ever watched a couple of three D movies on it ever. Um, which is a bit ridiculous yeah. as well, isn't it? I know, it. and they sort of stopped making them now as well, which is a bit annoying. Oh, have they? Yeah, they don't make three D films and they don't make three D TVs anymore. Oh. Uh, I know. So look after that one, Carlos. It could be a collector's item in no time, oh. especially well, with your. With I sincerely ring. hope they release a new Top Gun Maverick film in 3D. Well, we'll wait and see. But anyway. yeah. So we're going to wrap up uh, this week's show, episode 413. But we'll have a quick round, Robin, to see what everyone's doing next week. We'll start with Mr. Bounds, because uh, he's obviously going to be jetting off to the Caribbean or somewhere, no doubt. <laughs> uh, well, not quite. Uh, an early flight to Edinburgh on uh, Monday. Uh, flying back on Tuesday, but staying at the airport because I'm then going to Brussels straight after that. So I just need a quick change of uh, clothes and what have you. And then I'll be off to Brussels and then a small city just outside uh, Brussels for a conference that I'm involved with uh, right the way through until... Well, I'm not flying back until Saturday morning because they've cancelled my flights a couple of times. So I've had to make some other arrangements to get back. So, But uh, four BA flights this week, I'm pleased to say. <gasps> oh, I well. shall be making sure that those passengers behave themselves and don't mm. irritate me. But I also <laughs> will be able to report back on what the... Uh, what the queues are like at, at security and things mm, like that. Absolutely. So, did, did you manage to get one A this time, Nev? Uh, well, it was, uh, I mean, last week was a bit of a close call. Uh, when I booked my flight to um, Stockholm, it said 5A. Ooh, very near. Oh, I, very I, near. I don't even know what that number is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I had a word and I eventually got it up to 1C. So I'm, okay, I'm, I'm, right. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly there. Nearly there. Very good. Yes. And uh, Mr. Smith, uh, what are you up to next? Um, so uh, working tomorrow um, and then towards the end of the week. Yeah, I'm oh. working tomorrow. Yeah, I do work Saturdays. Okay, fair um, enough. <laughs> <laughs> no need to sound quite so shocked. Uh, and then uh, Thursday, lots of radio bits and pieces because it's the Jubilee and there's a big thing going on in the park, isn't there, on um, on Thursday coming. Um, and then I think I've got... And then I've got a couple of breakfast shifts. I think I'm doing the weekend breakfast, if I remember correctly. Um, so I'm doing. I'm, I'm covering Saturday and Sunday. So lots of lots of radioy things for me next week, and then a bit of work in between. So, and of course the Queen's Jubilee. We mustn't forget the Diamond Jubilee. My apologies. Uh, very exciting. Platinum, oh, no, platinum. 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 Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. 
Oh, Mr. Smith. I know. Platinum Jubilee. I knew it was something. That's a big one. It's a big one. It's yes, a big one. Indeed. Indeed. Oh, dear. So yeah. I, shall be, um, I shall be at the Stonham Truck Show this Sunday oh, yeah. with my truck, which I've spent all of today getting ready for the show. Busy day so today then at the, at the yard, was it? My shoulders will, <laughs> will definitely feel the pain tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, so I shall be there this Sunday. Next week, obviously, it's a, it's the big Platinum Jubilee weekend, but um, I shall be doing a wedding next Thursday, which is quite exciting. Oh. An actual wedding at a very nice venue indeed. And then Friday, I'm on the radio, apparently. So I've you been are, told yes, today. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, yeah, and then the, the following week, Matt will be here. Well, no, he won't be because he still has to be in the studio in order to press the buttons to get us on air. Oh, okay. Well, we all. (laughs) Matt will be living here anyway. He'll be happy. Actually, I have set up all the remote stuff now, so we could have a go at me actually controlling it from yours. We could have a go at that. Yeah, exactly. Indeed. We'll have a go at that, shall we? That'd be fun. Uh, (laughs) So, no, it's a busy busy weekend for me this weekend. A very busy weekend. I've got a karaoke night tomorrow night. Oh, say. Gosh, I've forgotten what one of those is. I know. Let's let's do the socials very quickly. Yes, socials. Well, let's have a look. Where are we? We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search the social medias for Plain Talking UK. Our WhatsApp number, if you want to send us a picture or a message, is plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. Our email address is podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Love to hear your feedback on the show. If you want to send us some feedback, we'd love to hear that. Uh, want to subscribe to our YouTube channel, get notifications from live, and uh, help share the conversation of the show by joining us on YouTube. Don't forget as well on our website, the Amazon link. If you do your shopping on there, uh, you can do it via the link on there. won't cost you a penny, but we do get a referral fee on there. And on our website, of course, is the P2K shop, where you can get yourself a P2K T-shirt and also one of the prestigious mugs that uh, are very good for having coffee in. Uh, you can also become a patron via the website if you want to become a patron of the show. Help to uh, keep everything running smoothly in the studio with Matt when he needs a new cable. You can become a patron of the show on there. And also, if you want to donate via PayPal, the links are all on our website. And, of course, so thank you very much to Alex Robinson, who joined the family, I think it was yes. last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Alex Robinson joined the Patreon family last week. So thank you to you, Alex. Yeah, very, very good. Very kindy indeed. So that is where we are going to bring episode 413 to a close of the show. Big thanks to all the hosts today for joining us. And we missed you, Armando. I know he'll be tuning in at some point to listen back, no doubt. Uh, Thanks to John as well for getting all the show notes ready for the show this evening. And thanks to everyone in the chat room for joining us tonight. Big thanks to everyone in there for joining us this uh, Friday evening in the chat room. Don't forget we'll be back next Friday on the show. Nev won't be with us. Uh, unfortunately, so we'll miss you, Nev. Sorry. Sorry. And hopefully he'll be back. Also, also miss two days' holiday as well because I was oh. working uh, That's the in Belgium. Crisis. So uh, I did a slight error, I must say, when I uh, mentioned to Mrs. Nev I was working uh, this week, and uh, she says, you do know what days those are, don't you? And, uh, so <laughs> I've got, got some making up to do somehow. Yes, yeah, quite could, right. Could be costly, yes. yeah. So join us next Friday for another episode of the Plain Talking UK podcast. Have a great weekend, whatever you're doing this weekend. Stay safe, fly safe, and we will see you all next Friday. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. See you. Bye-bye.